Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown. One podcast at a time. Hey everyone, Josh here from Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Have you been to our website, fearscapepodcast.com? There you can check out our store with all of our awesome t-shirts, check out guests that have been on the show, listen to the podcast directly on the website, even donate and help us bring you awesome content. Please consider supporting us, fearscapepodcast.com. Fearscape Media Network is your new home for everything weird and enlightening. Check out podcasts and YouTube shows covering content from discussions on horror films to the paranormal to meditation. Find out more at fearscapemedia.com. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms. Ghosts. Cryptids. Aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep into the fear scale, fear scale, fear scale. welcome back ladies and gentlemen to another exciting and otherworldly episode of fearscape paranormal podcast i am your host stefan gearhart joined as always by my favorite host that's not me mr josh rutledge what up joshy what up i mean it's it's kicking i'm loving yeah, I'm, so. I'm super glad you're here, man, because, you know, what's really awesome is that we actually have the co-host that I dream of that's not you, which is Santosh is on the line with us today. What's up, Santosh? Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm feeling truly honored to be here on the very first episode that you didn't talk about Josh's lips. I know, you know, got a lip, 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 Josh's lips, 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 lips. Dang it. Now I'm going to dream about You're going to give me a complex. Yeah. I'm going to have like you lying lips won't. coming at me. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you, you, you ever see that movie of uh, 40 days or 40 nights or like that where the guy tries to not have sex for 40 nights? Do you remember that movie at all? Freddie mm-hmm. Prince Jr. I think is in it. Anyways, we watch like, good movies. Yeah. On like the <laughs> on like the 38th day or something into it, he has this crazy dream where he's flying over a sea of breasts. And that's just what I imagine is that wasn't you're going to be flying uh, over. Wasn't that on the softcore porn uh, version of Flash Gordon, Flesh Gordon? It had all those <laughs> mountains that were like boobs. Like, I don't know, but not that I don't watch. I don't watch Flesh Gordon. 
I watch. I watch. Not good on movies, eight millimeter. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, Santosh, for joining us. Yeah, for having me. Yeah, we wanted uh, you to get on here because we're going to be talking about um, a documentary that recently came out called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. This is, I believe, the third or fourth documentary, like um, focusing on Dr. Stephen Greer um, and his his uh, program, CE5, and all of that stuff that he's really, really into. This is the newest one. Is that correct, Josh? This is the newest one, and you're right. There have been four, four. that he has put out. Right. So uh, I've enjoyed every single documentary so far with Stephen Greer, and we've been wanting to talk about it. And then we watched Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind and was like, all right, it's time. We're going to talk about this. And uh, immediately when we got done the next day, we were like, Santosh, you got to watch this. He was like, I'm actually watching it right now. <laughs> and we were like, this is <laughs> happens with our weird synchronicities. I'm yeah. like, yeah, no, I'm happy. And so once you got watching that and uh, we had you, we said, let's, let's bring you on and let's talk about this. And we made even touch on disclosure and serious and some other things like one of the some of the other docs but um but really want to focus on close encounters of the fifth kind uh but before we get into that of course we got to get into our segments uh and our first segment of the week as usual is the psychic word of the week and now the psychic word of the week And, of course, our Psychic Word of the Week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from Dr. June G. Bletzer, Ph.D. Rest in peace, honey bear. I miss you. I love you. And I know you're standing on my shoulder whispering sweet nothings into my ear psychically. Um, but as usual, we flip through the book until I just feel like I need to stop. And then I look down and I look at the first word or phrase that pops in. Um, and actually, I'm going to do two because they are essentially back to back. They need to be read together. Um, but I landed on the letter. E and the word this, I swear to you it's always so weird the phrase this week is ethership um, comes from ufology Ooh. so interesting that we're talking about close encounters of the fifth, time, fifth kind it says forms in outer space that mankind recognizes as a vehicle living in space as opposed to being from another planet visible to the physical eye construct with an intelligent design varying in color shape and size travels at all speeds changes shape in air dwindles in size and dematerializes its whole construct has some type of life intelligence for a driver may also live in the sea of etheria the very next one the reason i have to add this in is ethership being um, which says an intelligent energy form which manages to construct uh, or excuse me, which manages the construct of an intelligent functional design known to mankind as an unidentified flying object. So how weird that that's what I land on, like when we're going to be talking about uh, this yep. tonight. So I'm something that's pumped. <laughs> that's also really so. Y'all remember? I think we talked about this several episodes ago. The whole uh, the guy who channels Bashar. I am Bashar. It's crazy because yeah, I that, I did that today randomly for the first time in weeks. I was like, I am Bashar. <laughs> and I was I totally going to gonna say, take a quick video and send it to the both of you. So it's yeah. hilarious. That, <laughs> <laughs> that would have sparked so many Molesbia jokes for me. Oh, um, yeah. Shout out. But um, hold on. Sea of Etheria? 
Is that what you said? Like that's a yeah, beautiful it says, phrase. Lives in the sea of Etheria. Sounds like oh a my gosh! And so book. it's basically talking about the ship from Futurama, not some astral like fanfic. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, that's exactly okay. what it is. And Josh, what were you saying about Bashar? <clears throat> yeah, so Bashar in one of his channels uh, through that other guy. What's 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 the channel's name? I can't remember. Anyways, he <laughs> is not he Bashar. I am Bashar. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, it's like David Han or something like that. But anyways, um, Bashar says that uh, his civilization. Daralanka. There you go. There you go. I knew it started with a D. <clears throat> anyways, hit the, their entire civilization doesn't live on a planet they live on a ship mm. and they just travel around the cosmos on a ship they, he said that they have a planet that they're basically establishing as like um the best place to be like it's full oh, of all yeah. kinds of life and That's gardens right. and trees and light and all, all this different life force but they don't live there they live on the ship in order to preserve the beauty and state of the planet that they have so, so they're going cool. on a trip in their favorite rocket ship because they live on it it's bashar but anyway so it, it fit <laughs> with tonight's work <laughs> um but yeah it seemed like the oh. ethereal being and the ethereal ship seemed to infer that it was not from another planet you know like you know just from the ether like it, it came from the ether mm -hmm. um which to me then says it is neither extraterrestrial nor ultra terrestrial but ether terrestrial <laughs> etherrestrial ether well, but see everything is suspended in the ether so this is why yeah. I, I don't know i'm like well technically that's our planet it is a ship that's moving through the fucking ether because it exists right i mean it's it's really like if you had a bowl of beef stew right take us there take us there. okay <laughs> everything in the beef stew is part of the beef stew right but if you just had like this all of a sudden into creation this lump in the beef stew that would be an ethereal ship because the ether in this case is the stewness right mm -hmm. and all the other pieces the planets the people or all the peas and carrots and potatoes and whatever else you put in your beef stew but the ether is like the juice the 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 gravy that makes up the beef stew. So if if somehow out of nowhere this lump of something were so to a, go a golf ball lands in the stew. No, 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 dumpling. Can we make this a little less gross? Because the, <laughs> the golf ball has to come from somewhere. No, no, no. It just spawns into existence. Oh God, you've just created tumor soup. So well, the, yeah, or what mold. Are you with this mold. Mold. Yeah, or mold. Maybe it's mold. Maybe it's. No. Mold. That's from the bacteria that we're already going to go ahead and say this it. and just say, like, <laughs> so and do you ever call your brother beef stew? Cause that'd be hilarious. No, I've never, well, it's spelled differently. So it would, <laughs> wouldn't have, it wouldn't have occurred to me to call well, it. When beef you stew. say it, then it becomes a pun. If you, if you okay. say it, <laughs> then it's uh, a part of the soup. It is. Sometimes I'm a pretty literal guy. Yeah. Uh, so if you're listening and you understand Josh's analogy, that would be really great to explain that to us in the bottom. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> and if remember, anybody's Josh, listening people's and is now people's, wants beef but stew, potatoes I is potatoes, okay? That's right. Okay, another weird synchronicity. I just bought myself another 12-pack of ramen, and guess what the flavor is? Beef. 
chicken. Beef. And I just I, no, bought I beef today. Chicken and shrimp. I, ne- I never get beef. And now That's I so can't fun. eat them because of I'm you. Gonna, I'm going to tell you, Santosh, that synchronicity as well. My wife and I went grocery shopping today, and I always get um, the Oriental flavor, which is now called soy flavor. Thank goodness. Um, but I was like, hmm, I'm going to try something different. And I got beef flavored ramen. Uh, Where to God, I'll go get it out of the It's cover. in the ether. It is in the ether. <laughs> it is. Ramen is ether. I, we need a shirt, Josh. That ramen says, ramen is, ether. is ether. So, all right. So let's get, let's get moving on. Let's get into some well, spooky news. We've oh, got what? one segment down. So. Yeah, we got one segment down. But I, I want to talk spooky news because uh, by the time this airs, this is already done. Um, but I really, this is what everybody's been talking about. So let's get talking about spooky news. All right, this week on Spooky News, I have two two uh, stories here, but they're all one story. Again, much like the words here, because they are connected. I have the beginning and the end here um, with Spooky News. This is all about the monolith that has been found in the remote part of Utah. A helicopter pilot found a strange silver monolith it looks very similar to the monolith from 2001 a space odyssey uh but let's read I'm so the glad story you're about this yeah i want to talk about it um because then i got to tell you the story that follows it so um it says a mysterious monolith has been discovered in a remote part of utah after being spotted by state employees counting sheep from a helicopter i guess they were trying to go to sleep Uh, The structure, estimated at between 10 feet and 12 feet high, appeared to be planted in the ground. It was made from some sort of metal, its shine and sharp contrast to the enormous red rocks which surrounded it. Utah's highway patrol shared images of both the sheep and the monolith. Uh, The helicopter pilot, Brett Hutchings, uh, told the local news station that that's been about the strangest thing I've come across out here in all my years of flying. Uh, Hutchins was flying for Utah Department of Public Safety, which was helping wildlife resource officers count bighorn sheep in the south of the state. He says, one of the biologists is the one who spotted it, and we just happened to fly directly over the top of it. He was like, whoa, 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 turn around, turn around. And I was like, what? And he's like, there's this thing back there. We got to go look at it. And uh, so there's videos and pictures. Uh, Hutchings said that the object looked man-made and appeared to have been firmly planted in the ground, not dropped from the sky. Hutchings said, I'm assuming it's some new wave artist or something like that. You know, somebody that was a big 2001 A Space Odyssey fan, uh, of course, which they're talking about the 1968 film. Uh, there is a follow-up story that I'm not reading that has them investigating. They go and they look at it. They're not sure where it came from. Uh, it is just, uh, I don't know if they ever found out what kind of metal it was. I'm not sure. Stainless steel. It, are you legit on that? Did you find that out? I'm legit because okay. there's a guy on Instagram that went out. He was one of the first guys. To oh, found I it saw that. Yeah. And he took a magnet and it is not magnetic. And so like the only thing that, it, I mean, it could be, I guess, aluminum too, but either aluminum or stainless steel that we know of is not magnetic. Now, right, or if some it's metal some other, from another planet. Some, right, right. If it's some metal that we don't know about, then, you know, but yeah, that's. All right. So. And before we talk about this, I want to follow up with the final story here because it's gone. As of today, it is gone. Uh, <laughs> the mysterious monolith in the Utah desert is gone, officials say. Uh, The metal structure has been removed, the Utah official said, adding that they had not taken it down. Uh, As mysteriously as it arrived, a metal monolith that was discovered last week 
is now gone. Uh, let me see here. Uh, the three-sided metal structure was removed on Friday evening by an unknown party from the public land it was found on. Uh, the Bureau said it had not been the ones to remove the monolith because they considered uh, the area private property. The Utah Department of Public Safety said on Monday that it had found uh, the object while surveying for big uh, bighorn sheep. And they then said, it's gone, uh, reacting to the news in an Instagram post almost as quickly as it appeared. It has now disappeared. Uh, the department said, we can only speculate that aliens took it back using the emoji for extraterrestrials on their social media. Uh, one person commented and said, maybe it'll stop by and visit us in Canada. Uh, it was a mystery how the monolith had been installed in the first place. Uh, Lieutenant Nick Street, a spokesperson for the Department of Public Safety, said that the monolith had been embedded into the rock. Somebody took the time to use some type of concrete cutting tool or something to really dig down, almost in the exact shape of the object, and embed it really well. It's odd. There are roads close by, but to haul the materials to cut into the rock and haul the metal, which is taller than 12 feet in sections, to do all that in the remote spot is definitely interesting. Uh, officials said that the structure was most likely a work of art and that its installation on public land was illegal. It was unclear who put it there and when, but the art world quickly speculated that it was the work of John McCracken, a sculptor fond of science fiction who died in 2011. His son, Patrick McCracken, said this week that his father told him in 2002 that he would like to leave his artwork in remote places to be discovered later. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that think that it's John McCracken. He has done these monolith pieces of art that are metal and things like that. So it's possible that uh, John McCracken had been the one to put it out there before he died or his son put it places. All I know is that finding out that it was illegal, they had to get that shit out of there. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you're, you're saying it's old man McCracken and old he would have gotten away man. with it too if it hadn't been for those Bureau of Land Management officers? Yep, and that stupid sheep. <laughs> also, um, the Daily Mail, what is it? Uh, somebody was using Google Earth, uh, Daily Mail in UK, uh, was saying that uh, there's evidence of pictures of it being there for a couple of years. Yeah, mm. I found stuff back from 2015. Yeah. Okay, so then yeah, then it's possible that McCracken put it there because yeah that was his thing he wanted to McCracken not the young one <laughs> oh McCracken but yeah but I'm still... looking at another monolith that he did that he put in uh in Manhattan in a that he has in a, a museum in Manhattan it's about twice as tall but it looks like the same metal same shape everything the whole nine yards so um but well, what if it's what's not? really what's really interesting too is that uh if you if you look up the guy you know, on Instagram that was one of the first ones in, he did a fast time out. So like when he left the site, he did like a, a you know, forward facing camera of him taking the path to get out from where the monolith was. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy to traverse. Like, I mean, I don't, I, you know, he would have had to care of metal. It would have had to be a big effort to do it. Now, mm -hmm. not to say that they couldn't be done, but I'm just saying it would have been a big effort to do it. And then of course, another big effort to remove it when it was finally done so yeah absolutely and that and that's the key is that i'm surprised that the department of land management did not have cameras set up or or some sort of surveillance after it was found to see who's sneaking out there and some things like that so 
Um, but yeah, I, I love that it is a mystery that it's gone now. That to me is more exciting than it being there um, because that means that somebody was ballsy enough to not only put it in there, but take it out too. And then you're like, well, was it McCracken's kid that took it if it was McCracken's or did somebody snatch it up to try to sell it on the black art market? So if I were, if I were a gambling man, I would say that the park service took it down. I mean, they say they because did. I know, but but I mean, think about all the foot traffic it's driving into a national park. Yeah, and trash and people setting up tents to worship the space aliens. I mean, just <laughs> it could get it could get out of hand really quick. And I, if you're a park service and you want to protect in, in the area, I can see them removing it. So that's all I'm saying. I mean, though, what if it is a, what if they took it like the men in black showed up and took it and they're researching it? I mean, area 51 is not too far. So, yeah. Or maybe it was a giant key and they left their keys in the lock and they had to come back and get <laughs> that's it. some Superman stuff. Like that's what he had for his uh, fortress <laughs> of solitude was this key that was right. so heavy. Only he could pick it up. And so like, that was the whole thing. Uh, but where then, does he like, keep it? He just left it laying on the ground because nobody can pick it up. Oh, okay. Okay. Like it's so, it's like made out of dwarf star metal and stuff. Like it's so dense, like no one can pick it up. But then, like, of course, like somebody as strong as him shows up and picks it up and puts it in there because he wasn't anticipating Darkseid to show up or something. And it's that so. dense and doesn't have its own gravitational pull? It probably yeah, really. does. It's, it's I, comic books, man. And the, their science works <laughs> different, Sandosh. Okay. <laughs> so don't come at me with your real How world. How dare I? <laughs> get out of here, man. Um, but yeah, anyways, we'll get moving from that. But yeah, what a very interesting uh, news story that has just been, I mean, Thank you to all of our blanket huggers. I cannot tell you how many people brought this story to me and probably to you too. Just like, God, oh, just everybody. Yeah. Like it's the first time we heard it, um, but I loved it because it really made me want to look into it. And then I laughed that I already planned on doing this today. And then boom, like here is the story of it's gone. And I just ugh, thought that was just perfect, perfect timing. So, all right. Uh, anyways, let's get moving on because uh, we're talking about alien stuff. So let's go ahead and move to our UAP sighting of the week. All right, Josh, what unidentified aerial phenomenon are we looking at? Uh, where's this coming from this week and where'd you get it from? Yep. So again, I'm getting it from newfork.org. Um, Again, just a fantastic resource for a lot of these exciting things. Um, <clears throat> this happened in Berea, Kentucky, hey. which I've been to. I think maybe you two have probably been to. Maybe one time. Josh has never been to Berea. I've been a number <laughs> of times. I know Santosh has been there a number of times. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so this happened on August 11th, which is my birthday. Um, and uh, in Berea, Kentucky. Stargazing one night, didn't see light that I thought at first glance was a plane, but the object was zigzagging really fast all over the area where I was looking. Done this for at least 30 minutes and literally disappeared. I had a video, but it accidentally got deleted, but I have a pic. It done dis 
appear. It done that. It disappears. It done that. Um, <laughs> and then it appeared. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, now I want to know, did he accidentally delete it or was it just like gone? Yeah. You know, like that's what I want to know. Like that's where the mystery MIB. is. M-I-B. Was like, we ain't got much Wi-Fi south of Berea, so we didn't know what's up there. Um, but I don't know, because that's what I want to know. But he does still have a pick. Is there a pick? Can you see the pick? Is it worth a damn? I cannot see the pick. That's the only thing that I do not like about the New Fork website, is that a lot of these sightings do say something like, I have a video, or I've attached a video, or I've attached a pick. And so they make the text of the sighting mm. available, but they do not make... To cross reference with MUFON, see if they have the same, if someone listed it there too, to see if the uh, picture's up. Because I know MUFON will let you see the videos and the picture. Um, yeah. Very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, zigzagging. I mean, that was very similar to mine, the one that Matt Taylor just covered, the one I had on July 4th. Yep. Um, mine zigzagged all over the place. Uh, so yeah, very, very interesting. Zigzag is the kind of, is honestly, it's the thing that I look for the most because that to me says yeah. not a plane, not a helicopter. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and unfortunately, now as everybody's like, it's a drone. Yeah, it's, it's zigzagging. Drone. It must be a drone. Yeah. Well, I mean, a drones drone even on. struggle zigzagging, man. Like, yeah. Whatever. I mean, I, I I've seen a lot of drones fly. I, I have a couple. Like, I have a, a medium sized drone and a smaller drone, and they're hard as hell to keep stable. Yeah. Let alone like easily zigzag around. So. Ooh man, I was driving. There's this little uh, pond. Even it's Arizona though, so they call it a lake. And uh, <laughs> it's at Chaparral Park where I take my dog. But I was driving by it, man, and I saw something skimming across the water. And I, it was black, and I was like, "What is that? Oh my god!" I was freaking out. It was just a remote control boat, <laughs> like a little toy boat. <laughs> but I was like, I wasn't expecting it, and I was like, "What is that?" Um, but yeah, thank you for that UAP sighting of the week. Thank you. Uh, whatever your name is in Berea. <laughs> we appreciate it. So <laughs> Yeah, we don't uh, have the information, but yeah. No, Anonymous uh, in Berea. And no. I and I apologize if you happen to listen to this and you do not sound anything like the impression <laughs> that I did. I, I severely apologize. Um, no, that's but okay. I myself am from Kentucky and oftentimes I sound like that. So mm-hmm. especially when you get back home in Shelbyville. Um, that's right. But yeah, it's like uh it doesn't matter. Um you know, it's like our listener story tonight is from a female, and I'll be reading that. So that that she probably don't sound like this. So, uh, but anyways, let's get moving on. Let's get to uh, some creepy ketchup so we can get to our main topic of the evening. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Creepy ketchup. Y'all, it's creepy. Right, creepy ketchup. Yeah, it's creepy. So uh, it's I'm going to be honest with you. I have had a pretty laid back, chilled week with nothing happening, which is surprising because I've been hanging out with my sister and all kinds of stuff. Nothing. It has just been I have had no creepiness happen this week. So it's on you guys. Good luck. <laughs> See, Tosh, you want to go first? No, because mine's a good segue. Okay. Well, Mine's a good segue too because I'm going to be talking about my well, CE. Uh, I saw CE2 two people riding segways today. Yeah, so am I. Well, okay. then we'll push it. I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, it's your show. Paper, rock, scissors. So <laughs> <laughs> I already said I'll go. Um, I hadn't really told you all about this in in our chats, but the um, 
the new nighttime meds that I'm on have been putting me to sleep regularly. Mm-hmm. And what I haven't been talking about is it, I couldn't remember my dreams. And that would be big for you two. Cause you know me, that's yeah. like, I, yeah. it's a very vivid part of my life and to not have access to my dreams that it, it's very disconcerting until they just came back. Well, I will um, say this. Which was just segue. a couple of nights ago, which was when I started uh, farting around with CE5. Okay, I'm done. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say it's interesting because I literally just had this conversation with my sister yesterday that I have not been remembering my dreams for the past week or so. And it's been weirding hmm. me out because I haven't had any dreams. And then I did some meditation last night uh, and I had dreams for the first time and they were fucking zombies, but whatever. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, wait, 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 so wait, 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 were they, no, were they, they zombies were not having were sex. Fucking? No, they were not. <laughs> no, no, they did. They did. <laughs> Cause I mean, that would have been super weird. Yeah, no, they just eat each other out. So, <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, no. So I just uh, found that odd, Santosh, that the same, you know, n- mine had nothing to do with meds or anything, but I just, I haven't been, I haven't been dreaming like it, like haven't really, mm. so I, thought, I just thought that was really weird. Yeah. So are you, stressed? well, you sharing that with me makes me think backwards and go, hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder if we are both onto something else. Well, hmm. yeah. I mean, Maybe. just even hmm. some of the things you talked about before we started recording has been kind of my week as well. So it's kind of weird. Maybe you are. <laughs> Maybe you're. Maybe your astral cycles are in sync. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you win the internet today. Yeah, you do. You do. All right, Josh, what's your creepy ass catch up? All right. So, um, <laughs> Ma- making this damn episode an uh, explicit episode. It wasn't even Santa. I know. <laughs> um, over, the, uh, over the weekend, my brother, my youngest brother, came out. Uh, we did a campfire. Oh, you're talking about beef stew? No, I'm talking about uh, stew chowder. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a stew, that sounds stew like a little, chowder reporting live. That's what I was gonna say. It sounded like a like a kid's book, like about stew chowder. I was gonna say a detective, but reporter stew chowder also works. <laughs> stew, stew, stew chowder on the case, on the scene <laughs> with Amelia Bedelian and Encyclopedia Brown. Oh, oh we All have right. to talk about those books afterwards. It's not relevant anyway. to this. Anyway, so he came out. We did a campfire and uh, was going to do a couple Estes with him because he'd never done them before. Um, but I couldn't find all the stuff from the last time that we did it, Stefan. So I, mm-hmm. I got to put it all together. He's going to come out again. So anyways, we decided to just kind of look for UFOs and stuff, which we didn't see any. And it was really odd. You know, normally, Stefan, when you're out there, we see at least like satellites. You know, mm-hmm. like we'll see satellites. We'll look them up on the app, like, yep, that was a satellite. We saw nothing in the sky except um, some of my kids were out there at one point in time for a little bit, and we all saw a shooting star. So we saw one shooting star that was like in the northeast. <clears throat> so uh, my kids went inside to watch a Christmas movie with my wife. And uh, Stuart and I just kind of got settled in and uh, got started. Well, um, we decided to do the CE5 stuff that we're going to talk about tonight. So we start into it. We play the tones. We do the meditation. Uh, when we come out of the meditation, we talk about what we saw. What's really weird is that when I, um, when we were both doing the meditation part, we both ho- heard someone breathing like audibly that wasn't mm. each other 
Mm. Like, there's nobody else out there. It wasn't on the meditation track. It was like uh, off to my left, which my brother was off to my left, and then for him off to my right, so between us, and it was like a, and like, and then it would go a little bit and go, like it was sighing almost, like, like we were impeding it, like, it or something. Y'all I don't trying know. to do this again? It, this is a very creepy story. Good job. <laughs> it would have gave me the willies. So, so, so we finished, we finished the meditation and, you know, they encourage you to talk about what you saw in your meditation. So we did. Um, and then, so we're just kind of, we're standing up, we're looking around We like 20 minutes or something and we still didn't see anything. And so I thought, well, let's do this. Let's, uh, take turns sitting down and like just focusing on sitting out our location and to whatever is, is nearby or whatever the case may be. So, so he went first. And while he was doing it, I heard the sigh again. Like I was looking at the sky and I heard the sigh again. And then he came out and he was and I, like, I brought him out and I was like, okay, you know, did you see anything? Did you, and he's like, did you hear somebody say, Hey, <laughs> I was like, no. And he's like, right as I was going, like I sit down and I was closing my eyes and I was getting into meditation. I heard somebody go, Hey, and I was like, I didn't hear that, but yeah. Wow. So then, um, we saw, another shooting star so that was two right so that's all we've seen so far still no lights like that that you would associate with a ufo so i sit down and i start doing my meditation and i go deep in and um i get a feeling like something is there with us and i ask it uh i i again think it's my granddaddy so i say granddaddy can you give me a little booster of energy to help me connect with whatever's out there I then feel this rush of energy over my entire, like my entire body shakes. I mean, it was cold outside, but it wasn't like a, sh- a cold shiver. It was like a filling up with energy shiver hmm. um, to the point that like I was like, I couldn't catch my breath. I was breathing real heavy. Um, and so I, uh, I connected with something out there and I got this vision of like this being sitting in a chair surrounded by six other beans so like lima beans or great white beans? northern or yes <laughs> we're on it which kind pentos probably kidney beans mm. kidney beans mm. yeah it, it was definitely well i don't know because it was definitely a like a cream color so probably great northern you're probably right probably great northern. <laughs> scooter and the bean but um but there was these beans sorry i will enunciate uh sitting in the chair <laughs> i can't say occur <laughs> please don't <laughs> <laughs> and um and i connect and so i, I was like communicate with an and uh and i said you know or you know you are welcome here and then it it, it responded back and it said not with the uninitiated <gasps> and, sassy. Um, sassy and so i so i responded back and, and you know this is all in my head of course but i, I was you know, i'm not speaking audibly but i said back well um what do we have to do to be to get him initiated and it responded back and it said two wasn't enough. And I said, make it three and we'll call it an initiation. At that <laughs> at, at that moment, my brother says, oh, look, another shooting star, <laughs> making it three shooting stars that he saw that night. Wow. That's and they incredible. Were, they were all in they were all in different parts of the sky. Wow, dude, that gave me goosebumps when you said not with the uninitiated. I had to write it down. 
So it it makes me think. A now he's initiated. So when we come out and do it again, which we, we always knew he'd stuff. make a great part of this. So. Yeah, yeah. And then B when Santosh and I get together, uh, since you know you abandoned us and for Arizona, <clears throat> um, when we get together and do stuff, we'll both be initiated, and then we can mm-hmm. see what happens. Yeah, so. do I mean that? You know that was what was so cool when I went out to Skull Valley. Um, where I spent that weekend because there were so many stars. Dude, it got boring to see shooting stars. Now, granted, there was also a meteor shower that night that was supposed to be able to see be seen very well like in eastern United States and only kind of well, but I guess where I was at made it be able to see a lot. I mean, I probably saw 30 shooting stars because they were just like, you know what? Well, that's what shooting stars typically either a all happen in like a certain part of the sky or at least all go in the same direction. Yeah. And it's like the, so like the first one that we saw was traveling, I guess from like a East, no, sorry, from an East to West uh, direction. The second one we saw was traveling from a West to East direction. And the third one, we, in the third one, Stuart saw was traveling from a South to North direction. Mm. So I don't know that any meteors would, would do that. That was so. Starlink. <laughs> No, definitely not. <laughs> but, but what's really interesting, you know, if you think back to our trip at Point Pleasant, um, on we were on the point, uh, doing our Estes sessions, and we saw that UFO, and that was pre that UFO was preceded by um, a meteor streaking across the sky, going the opposite direction. That then, like ten minutes later, the UFO came from that direction. Yeah. So we know that things that enter the atmosphere generate friction. And so if it's something coming into the atmosphere, you know. Yeah, well, they may flow with it too, like a river. You know, maybe that's how they move. We don't know. Um, I I did want to add, did you have any more creepy ketchup before I say this? Nope. Okay, uh, I did want to add this real quick. This isn't creepy ketchup, but I thought it was going to be. Um, I was at uh, Costco uh, getting my pumpkin pie for uh, Thanksgiving when uh, I see a guy walking in the aisle and he's got a shirt on that says like Lieutenant so-and-so uh, RN, he was a nurse there. And then it said the USS Nimitz. And I was like, hey, <laughs> so USS Nimitz, hey, huh? And I'm looking at, he's just looking at me. He's an older, like probably probably mid fifties, I guess. And he's looking at me, you know, like crazy. And I'm like, USS Nimitz. I was like, he's like, why do you know about, what do you know? You know, we're having, and I'm like, Hey, so I run a paranormal podcast and he goes, okay, is the Nimitz haunted? And I was like, no, I was like, do you not know about all the, the UFO stuff that was seen? It's all come out all over the news and everything that the Nimitz saw and all that stuff. He's like, no. And I was like, were you on the Nimitz? He's like, yeah, I was on it. He's like, but I was on it when it was brand new. So it was like 1968 through like the, like the mid seventies is when he was on it. Um, and he said he just bought this shirt. There was like uh, a thing um, where you could get shirts of the vessels you had been on and stuff like that. Um, so he got it because he thought it was really cool and he wanted to show everybody he can wear it at his job. He's still a nurse. And so he was a nurse on the Nimitz. But I was talking, I talked to him for like 10 minutes about it, like telling him all about the Tic Tac sightings and all of that stuff and everything that happened. And he's like, oh my God, I can't believe none of my friends that were on the Nimitz that we have not been talking about this. I said, as soon as you get home, Google <laughs> Nimitz 
UFO or UAP. And I said, you need to check out the show Unidentified. And he's like, dude, thank you. You have no idea how cool that is. He's like, I can't wait to see all this stuff. But I was kind of mad because I was hoping he would have some inside information. You're <laughs> <laughs> just jealous. You thought that they, that was going to be for you when you were there for him. I know. I know. That's why I said I was kind of crusty about it. But still, still really cool, though. Like, what a random happenstance to see, you know, the Nimitz. And, and it, it kind of like asking, um, hey, you're from Toledo. I met this person the other day that lives in Toledo. Do you know them? Right. It's the same thing. Of saying people you do, were on though. the Nimitz. You must know the people that experienced that. No, I always get, you're from Toledo. Do you know Klinger? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I do. I don't. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so that's creepy catch up. Let's go ahead and take a quick ad break here. Uh, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, Stephen Greer and Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. You've heard us talk about all the amazing books we've been able to listen to on Audible. Everything from fiction to sci-fi to true crime and more. Audible is the leader in the audiobook industry with a library of over 200,000 audiobooks. Start listening now by going to fearscapepodcast.com slash audible. Coming to from nowhere, a suburb of parts unknown. Join Stefan and Lance, the Misters of the Dark, as they review all things horror with their latest victim. <laughs> I mean guest. <laughs> New episodes of Misters of the Dark drop Mondays on the Fearscape Media Network. All right, we are back. <laughs> thank you guys for sticking around. Um, I'm very excited about this. Again, I want to say thank you to Santosh for joining us, taking your time to join us uh, to talk about Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. This is the first time we've talked about a documentary. Isn't that correct? I believe. Uh, I mean, Hellier is technically yeah. a documentary. Yeah. Hellier. Oh, yeah. Hellier is a but documentary. We, You're right. But we didn't like have you on for the purpose of talking about Hellier. We talked about it while you were on for something else. For injured cold, yeah. For injured cold. So, but yeah, this will this will be our second time talking about a doc. Um, though, Santaj, I do want to have you come back because I want to do. Um, I've been telling Josh for a year now. I want us to cover uh, love and UFOs. Uh, and it's about this guy that paints about his um, uh, his probing and all of his sexual experiences with aliens. Um, and I really want to watch it <laughs> it's on Netflix, yes. I think, or on Amazon. But it's supposed to be amazing. What's it? All these called? paintings. I think it's called Love and UFOs. So I really want to watch it. Yeah, that. that is definitely not a uh, piece, not a PC episode, probably. So. I don't know. I mean, it's 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 a PG show, so um, yeah. but yeah, that's how he but handles. Amazon his Prime had something about. Well, yeah, there's there's another one that would fit well with that, and it's it's about all the um, 
the people that said they were basically used for breeding purposes mm-hmm. and harvesting. Yeah, this yeah. Is, this guy is on one it. of it's... them. I mean, he's an old guy now, and he has been painting for years as a way to cope with his memories of everything. Um, and the paintings are actually pretty cool. But yeah, there's a whole documentary on it. Um, I'll see if I can find it. And How do you sign up for a probe? Like, hell, I mean, is there a list you can get on? I don't, well, well uh, if you're a pretend patient... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Josh, let's go ahead and talk about Close Encounters yeah. of the Fifth Kind. Right now, uh, it is available uh, for free if you're an Amazon Prime member to check out, which is where we all watched it. So, uh, yeah, what do, what do we got? Yeah, so um, this all started, I think, with uh, so Dr. Stephen Greer. Um, he started out, so he is actually a doctor. Like, he's a... A, a, yeah, he was a surgeon. He was an ER doctor. Surgeon. Yeah, yeah he was ER a surgeon. doctor. Um, and like he's been at this for a long time, like thirty years. And I'm so so. Part of me is really mad at myself for not knowing who this guy is until recently. Um, yeah, same. Because I'm surprised we um, haven't heard him, especially after watching Sirius. Because um, oh, yeah, really, I've there, seen him all over stuff. Well, but I mean, I, I didn't. It, but like, it didn't, not like. Yeah. In the last year, I've seen him, but I mean, the it's not uh, been the like... little alien creature from Sirius, I remember seeing on a number of different things when it when it happened. So I do remember that. I just Stephen Greer didn't stand out to me until these documentaries. So, but yeah, I mean, so he's been around for, like I said, about thirty years, um, trying to do things, and and so I, I know you don't want to go too much into his other docs, but I am going to briefly mention um, that basically he's got <clears throat> four. Doc. So he's got uh, the day before disclosure, uh, which came out in 2010. If you look him up, he's actually got other movies attributed to him, but these are the ones that are kind of, kind of like his pet projects. So the yeah. day before disclosure, 2010. Sirius came out in 2013, and it's spelled like the Star Sirius. Um, unacknowledged, which was the is, first one I saw, was unacknowledged. Is 2017. <clears throat> And then the most recent one is Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, which and they is all, great. Yeah, they all. It, it, the one thing I like about it is it's not the same content regurgitated, though. Oh, you know, little bits here and there, but it's, right. it's almost like a series. Like you're well, they, learning new things. Yeah, they they definitely build on it, but they also they they treat every doc as if you've not seen any of the other docs, and so they give you little snippets of information enough to get you at least. Uh, read in, if you will, mm-hmm. to what they're going to be talking about, and then they go forward and present a lot of you know new uh, new information. Um, but for, for the people out there that are very much, um, they need to hear this information from what they would call "quote unquote" credible sources. So these are people like in the military, in the in the police, uh, or, or you know work for the CIA or the FBI or. Uh, civilian pilots and things like that people that again that most people would consider their testimonies as credible really the whole thing that um what's the lou elizondo show i can never remember the name of it unidentified remember. identified thank you uh you know that's the that's the really their whole thing right is that they're building their case around these eyewitness testimonies from credible people mm-hmm. and so um you would you would think on the surface that well, it seems like <clears throat> Stephen Greer, Doctor Stephen Greer, uh, in his in his institution, which is the 
uh, search for yeah the search for or, ah now you you got me messed up on what it's what it stands for. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can find it here. Search. Uh, yeah, it's it. the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial there Intelligence. Go. There you go. Um, so, you know, you would think that why aren't those guys working with to the stars and Lou and all those right? Folks? And that was immediately the first question that I brought to you after watching four documentaries of this i was and watching all of unidentified uh which has been remarkable by the way and following to the stars tom delonge and lou elizondo and all that i i brought the question to you while i was watching i said why are these two entities not working together and you said keep watching yeah <laughs> so and i and i don't want to necessarily ruin it for anybody and i don't think this will um be, because anybody who who's going to watch the docs, uh, you'll pick up on it. But but really, the the message, and really, if you've seen any of the other docs before CE five, um, it, it's all the same message. And that message is where to the stars in Lou Elizondo, um, they are they are almost they are continuing that narrative that the alien encounters or UFOs are some sort of threat, right? Whereas Dr. Greer says it's the opposite. They are not a threat. They are just interested in our survival and they don't want us to, to kill ourselves with how we're treating the planet. And that's why they started showing up uh, in mass when we uh, first detonated the first atomic bomb. Correct. Yeah. And, and that is exactly. Now, I. I will say this. I, I don't feel like Lou and uh, To The Stars um, make it as dangerous as Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind made it seem like Unidentified and those guys were making it. Though, I mean, they did have a good clip of Tom DeLonge saying some crazy stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I think they're more saying we want to know if it's going to be dangerous so that we can be prepared um yeah th that's kind of my opinion because i do still very much trust lou elizondo and those guys i i think that they're looking at it from a we need to be prepared just in case but it could also be good because i've seen them on the show yeah. say a number of times they could be benevolent right. as well so but i but i think that lou and those folks do i mean lou de definitely has that government Oh yeah, him and him and Mellon for sure. Like that right. was where that's so, their history. That's where they come from. Right. And you know, you know, we were talking about earlier about uh, a couple episodes back in the summer when they, you know, the Pentagon announced the official formation of the task force to to investigate UAPs. You know, the the fact that again it's being run by a military organization mm -hmm. is really is really to seek out and see if it is a threat. So again, right. it's just a the spin, the, the the continuous spin that UFOs are a threat almost goes back to the whole, you know, uh, Bookings report that we talked about with, uh, you know, with with Ken Johnston and everything we've talked about before about this whole mentality of don't seek them out. They're a threat. And that's really the opposite of what Dr. Greer and his folks are saying is that, no, they're not a threat. We should seek them out. And really, that's what CE5 is all about. Right. And, and it, you know, and it's, and it's more than that, too. Uh, Greer and those guys are very much about disclosure 
as well. I mean, yeah. Stephen Greer head up that headed up that huge disclosure moment years ago where they had so many government officials that came out officially to say astronauts, um, uh, senators and uh, all sorts of stuff that had that huge disclosure moment saying that, yes, this stuff was real. Um, and so they are all about uncovering documents. I mean, they constantly um, are searching the CIA's database and anything that's yep. been released or leaked. I mean, they are all about finding as much information as well. So um, you got to give them credits on that. That's why I'm like, God, I know, I guess, you know, they feel like to the stars and them are coming at it from different sides but i felt like i feel like if they could put their knowledge together they yeah. can solve this well and and what's really i don't know uh, um disappointing right is that when you watch these docs and you see these again i'll use in quotes credible witnesses uh give their accounts um it really just i mean it, it bugs the shit out of me that nobody covers this stuff. Yeah. I mean, the amount of evidence that's in just these documentaries alone, if it was like put on, well, I take that back. <clears throat> what I was going to say is if it was put on like CNN or Fox News, something like that, as a, as a real story, it would change people's minds. But honestly, uh, I saw, I saw an interview today um, from a guy, I can't remember. He used to be the, defense ministry guy in the, in the uk i can't remember his name right now but um he's really big into the whole he used to investigate ufos for the uk and he said you know if any of this stuff is presented it's gonna it's gonna deliver it's gonna produce two things one the people who are skeptical are just gonna find a reason mm -hmm. to discount whatever you're whatever you're showing them yep, right always i've always said that in terms of ghosts everything yep the people who believe it's just going to reinforce their belief, but it's probably not going to sway either party one way or the other. Yeah. One thing that is interesting to me, because, yeah, there have well, much like we said, there was that huge disclosure meeting that Stephen Greer headed up. There has he was on Larry King Live. You've got Bob yeah. Lazar that's been out there. You've got Buzz Aldrin that's out there saying stuff. Uh, it was named Dennis Mitchell, the other astronaut, the sixth man that walked yeah. on the moon. He's been out there talking about it. Ken Johnston, who we had on the show. Um, all these different people saying these things and it's not saying thing. And in fact, a friend of ours who I'm not going to say who's who it is, but they have recently been talking to us um, about uh, UFO and UAP phenomena and is slightly coming around to it. And we've been sharing articles and news stories and things yeah. like that with them. And one thing that they said to me was, so with all of this information out there, why is the media and more people not making a bigger deal out of this? And I said, exactly. Yeah. And the biggest thing that we keep seeing in documentaries and shows and things that we see is that it has been downplayed forever. Keel talks about that, that part of uh, Project Blue Book was about downplaying it and essentially the CIA and the government making it so that it seems taboo or crazy. Well, you know, something that, sorry, Santa actually looked like you were gonna say something. Yeah, like I, I don't wanna derail us though because or make this sound overly political, but look at our species over the past, this just this year. We can't even agree on how to wear a mask, <laughs> on who should be in charge. Right. Uh, you know, and I mean, all I got to say is flat earthers and anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah. we're, there is no way to do anything, but I do believe that 
uh, the entertainment industry is is sort of drip feeding us. Yeah. Disclosure. Well, yeah, we've we've talked about that on past episodes about the whole idea of like uh, Hollywood and, and TV programs and stuff introducing a lot of this information and concepts in order to desensitize us so that when a contact happens, it won't be so um, uh, detrimental to what the Brookings report said it would be. But but one thing I was going to say, um, and this is I recently like within the last four days, five days like that, I had a really like hard ask my like soul searching question. I asked myself, I said, you know, people have been looking at and seeing UFOs um, for, for like hundreds of years, if not thousands of years and, and nothing has changed. <clears throat> and so I, I started thinking about, you know, and I don't mean to offend anybody who's listening, who's a Christian, but a lot of Christians, uh, everyone that I know and have heard about and read about over the last several years, they all believe that they're living in end times, right? Right. They all believe that that Jesus is going to come back next year or tomorrow or today or whatever. And, and they're like, they feel like this is the end. And that's been the case for 2000 years. Yeah. I, I found myself questioning, you know, am I, am I the same as one of those end times Christians in that, I am expecting contact to happen any moment now, hmm. the same as people over the last hundreds of thousands of years have been expecting it to happen any moment now. Well, it's interesting <clears throat> what you say, because uh, there is uh, in, in the history books in Christianity, um, one of the interesting things that happened was that in the first millennium, when it changed over from 999 to 1000, um, Christians, the church itself a huge campaign hey jesus is coming back he will be back like this was huge much like we always get these you know end of the world uh preachers that come out and people are waiting around um and stuff like that well this was a huge movement and so people literally for weeks sat in fields sitting on the ground with their belongings staring up waiting for christ to return uh, as soon as the millennium hit um so yeah yeah that is we have not changed so one of the things, though, that that really, like I said, it was a soul searching moment. And so one of the things that I've come to conclusion on, though, is that in the past, I don't think we as a as a I don't think we as a civilization had enough. And I'm going to say this and I don't mean again, I don't mean to, to offend anyone, but had enough people that have freed their minds, so to speak, mm-hmm. that have. You know, you, you look at, and I don't think that there's, it's not a significant number, but we wrote an article, Stefan, you and I, maybe last year or something, that um, the number of non, like, non-religious people is growing. So right. the people who don't, you know, who agnostic or atheist or paganism or whatever, but they don't, they don't align to one of the, like, top three or four uh, religions of the world that number is growing so the number right. of people who are looking outside of what religion has to offer is growing and so are we and i don't i don't want to say close to contact but but it but it comforts me to know that we as a civilization are beginning to understand that we need to change you know around the world we're having climate control conversations 
right. uh, we'll, soon, we'll soon be having them again in the U.S. Um, and so uh, we as a people, we as a, a, a civilization, humanity, is beginning to realize that we need to change. And so one of the big things, and to tie this all back around into CE5, one of the things that, that Dr. Greer is trying to get to is to have um, 1% of the population to meditate regularly. Um, and he, he uses an example, and I do not have that example uh, handy with me right now, but he, he says if you take a, a flask, I'm going to try to paraphrase what he says in CE5, but he said if you take a flask, so not like a like a whiskey flask, but it's like a scientific flask, and you and you fill it up with... Um, you fill it up with, I don't know, some some liquid, and you introduce one percent of hydrogen or, or helium or something like that. Um, if you let that one percent sit there, it'll eventually stabilize the entire flask. And again, I don't know the experiment; I don't have the words in front of me, but that's the gist of it. Is is that? And so he's trying to get to having that one percent of people um, around the world to meditate. And in his mind, that will stabilize humanity. That 1% meditation universally across the globe will stabilize humanity and we'll be in a better place to be able to make contact. Instead of waiting for the government to make contact for us, we as humanity will be able to make contact. Yeah, and I want to slide that over to Santosh. I mean, this oh. is we're getting into your wheelhouse a little bit with meditation, which, you know, uh, is what Greer talks about a lot is using these old techniques that that's how they communicated with their gods or ETs uh, then is using these meditations, especially the Hindus and the yogic and things like that. Um, so how do you feel about all of that with what Josh just said and, and everything? Well, I have several thoughts rolling through because <laughs> I mean, think about it. If, if we were to become an interstellar inter intergalactic species and you found a planet where they were still killing each other, over ridiculous things. Yeah. Why, what, what do you possibly think you could do? And also if they had multiple governments and listen, I know the whole one world government thing, it terrifies a lot of people, but you know, I'm not saying like, so that means they have to send how many emissaries and with our borders constantly changing, awesome. how, like, well, how do you set that up? How do you set up first contact with the species that silly? Right. Okay. I mean, no. even Reagan, all that to follow up yours, even Reagan is the one that said, how quickly said would we become famous one quote. world? Yeah, how quickly yeah, would how we quickly become we would. one world if we had a threat or even anything from outside of our Earth? And I like the tipping point saturation trope that you were talking about as well, Josh. That whole, like, how, however many people to do this will then change, you know, get that snowball rolling to where it can't be, we can't go backwards, we can only go forwards with it. I like that, too. But yeah, there, there have been... <sighs> there's so much I could say about like the thoughts of um, in like yogic philosophy and, and reaching out to uh, just different levels of existence. But even like, even my guru talked about like beyond the five levels of perception of self that yoga can teach you um, the koshas it there's beyond that, there's sort of this gap and there's then transcendental thought so it you know getting out of this physical thing thinking mm -hmm. then the unity thought and then god consciousness but not in deity like all these other religion things but this yeah. um 
unimpeded soul uh, like no bs in the way of of what it is i've just dropped so many different points that i know that was probably hard <laughs> to follow but but that that's that is where i'm in particular drawn to the c5 thing because i'm like oh that's that's interesting because you know if you can a meditation is an art it's an art form and getting to that point where you're um you're tapped into the unity consciousness. Um, so everything, you know, a part of everything. And then uh, what is it? Drawing a map sort of from our galaxy into our solar system, yeah. into our planet, yeah. into our country, state, you know, like zoom in, show them where you are, show them where you're reaching yeah. out from, like give it a little signature. That's the thing I think is the coolest. Oh, and I'm like, brilliant. I'm going to have yeah. to download Google Earth again because my visualization <laughs> of that, I can talk myself through it. It's a little harder to, to visualize than you yeah. think it is because I'm yeah. like, which spiral, which arm of the spiral are we actually on? I don't know. We're yeah, just going to have careful. to say, hey. Because that's the torture device in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, remember, was to show you how small and insignificant you really were in the universe. <laughs> right? Our egos can't handle that. So there has to be a little bit of ego death before you can really jump into unity consciousness. Well, right? and then, you know, well, and... I wanted to add that. Sorry, I went way in... philosophy. <laughs> no, that's okay. This ties into a lot of what we talked to uh, with Andrea Perrin about. Um, and I'm willing to bet you that her UFO book is going to cover a lot of this. Um, but she talks about using um, telepathy and meditation and music and things like that to connect with the ETs as well. This is what Greer's talking about. And then tying in meditation. Um, you know, we've all we've both been part of places just uh, just a giant group chanting ohm and how that changes the energy of the people there um imagine the meditation we've been a part of that with the dalai lama where everyone meditated together in this giant room and how that do so yeah what did he say one fifth of the world or whatever one percent one percent just one percent of the world if we did that all together i i do see that and there is a move towards meditation that's the beauty part it's not just the hippy dippy thing that it used to be in the 60s and 70s there's even schools now that are having kids meditate in the mornings uh you know uh before school starts because they found that holistic approach um so yeah i think i think we're getting to a place that's that and i think that you know and they talk about this in the movie as well as a million other docs about disclosure happening slowly over time via documentaries via science fiction via dramas and things like that by getting you used getting the society used to seeing things um and now we're starting to see a society that is used to yoga that is used to mm -hmm. meditation that is used to these things that now if stephen greer is correct people are more comfortable with the key because they are the key master <laughs> to the gatekeepers up above maybe mm -hmm. i don't know well, while it, also acknowledging that this is all a westernized concept of something sure. that did not start in this yeah yeah the, the other thing that i was going to say is i think the, the you know the main like the ce5 contact app because we haven't talked about that oh yet. it's amazing so there's an there's an app that you can get it's it's like 10 bucks but i mean it is in my opinion worth the 10 dollars. yeah i've had it like a week and i'm so thankful i got it Listen to you all big spenders having $10 to spend on. Well, spend. actually, Mr. Mr. Oh, Know-it-all. Okay. I do Google uh, survey rewards and I had actually earned like six fifty, So I only spent like three fifty on it because it all goes, you get uh, rewards, go to your Google play account. So 
I just, you know, oh, were you near a, a All I hear burger? is privilege, privilege, privilege. Were you, it, it just asks me, it says, were you Smash near a Smashburger? I'm just saying, I'm making it up. I, were you near a Kroger? Yeah, I was there. Did you go in and spend money? Yeah, I spent money. Uh, did you have a receipt? Nope, didn't have it. Or, yep, okay, here's a picture, blink, and I get like 10 to 67 cents or something like that. And it goes my Google Play. Like the last three apps I bought, I didn't pay for. So I actually, and I had 650 wow. on my account already ready to go. Um, but yeah, I so, do that all the time. So either you have you a lot of me at discount. <laughs> either you have a lot of time like Stefan and can uh, and can take random surveys and earn uh chunk change. It, dude, it takes ten seconds. That's how long these surveys take. It's it's definitely not a uh it's definitely not a uh, side hustle type situation. No, so. no. <laughs> this is the for so that you can get the no, premium no, no. app. So you can get the premium apps. That's yeah. That's it. Or well, I guess you can get books and movies and stuff too, because you can use it all through Google Play. Yeah. So. Well look at but you anyway. for the algorithm. Yeah, look at that. <clears throat> maybe we'll maybe look we'll up come up in in somebody's <laughs> podcast playlist because you said Google. Uh, Google, 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 I'm so Google, glad Google. I have my earphones on, you assholes. My my system would be going crazy right now. <laughs> but um, like I knew. But the app, uh, the app is so it's, it's called CE5 Contact, and it really, it, it's there for two things. It's there for um, networking to allow you to connect with other people in your area who are also interested in doing the CE5 method. Which I'm pumped, dude. I mean, just within like a quarter of a mile, there's like 30 people from me. It's incredible. Yeah, there was one person within uh, like 500 feet of me, and I did send them a message, but then I started and I was like, well, maybe I should just be careful. So I, I looked at their username, and I Googled it. And uh, they're into some really other stuff that I don't know that I, but I went ahead, you know, we'll see what happens, but (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, so, so it's there for networking. And then the second one is um, it's the, it's to guide you through doing what they call the CE5 protocol. So how the CE5 protocol came about is, uh, is rather trippy, uh, but probably no more trippy than, the stuff that we talked about during creepy catch-up today so right, yeah for um, sure. so basically greer uh was out 30 years ago doing a meditation on top of a mountain after and, he died uh, after yeah after he died so so i guess to really go back to the beginning for greer is that he got really sick he didn't have insurance that's all we need to remember is health care <laughs> and um <laughs> Um, he didn't have galactic healthcare. Yeah. yeah, intergalactic and healthcare. Um, intergalactic healthcare, and he got really sick, and he basically like, I don't know, I don't know that he died, but he was really close to death, and he had this uh, out of body experience, uh, which showed him that there was no such thing as death, and so he no longer feared death, um, and so um, that kind of set him on his journey. Now. Real quick, that's very interesting. I remember that in the documentary, but it's flagging in my mind again. That's uh, like one of the big five pains, like uh, in diving deep into yogic philosophy via the potentially sutras, um, fear of death. That's that's like the big one, and you know, like, like and that's one of mine. We, yeah, we and we getting had a over conversation to get to yogic powers. See, we had a conversation with uh, our good friend, the theologian, uh, a few a few days ago or a week ago or something, 
and we were talking about how um, you know he fears death, and and uh, and I said I I don't fear death. I fear the act of dying, um, the pain associated with death is right, what I same, fear. Same, same, yeah. And because I I know that this meat sack that my spiritual energy happens to inhabit will 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 cease to exist, but my spiritual energy will float on and become a part of the great beef stew in the sky. So. Essence du Josh. <laughs> can you get that? Can you get that in a mason jar? <laughs> get it beef flavored. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but anyway, so yes, the whole. Oh, hold the, on. Can you all like? I love how you call him the theologian. I've loved it low key, especially since I know who you're talking about too. Can you all refer to me as the Pastafarian whenever I'm not on here? The Pastafarian, not the guru. Okay, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? We already call you I like the guru. Guru. joking. Yeah, we could call funny. you the Guru Farian or something. We could do like no, a the pasta combination. Guru. The pasta I do guru. This, I apologize. The pasta <laughs> guru. No, that sounds weird. That sounds like a Food Network show. <laughs> anyway, so he has this uh, out of body experience. Realizes that there is no death, so he doesn't long no longer fears death. It sets him on his journey. He then uh, fast forward a few years gets really uh, heavy into meditation, um, starts researching a lot of things. Excuse me. Does it, he, so he does this meditation up on a mountain. Some, seems to be a lot of great things always happen on top of a mountain, burning bush and all that mm-hmm. such. But anyways. <laughs> um, he, Reiki symbols. Yep. He does this meditation on a mountain. And uh, in this meditation, he connects with um, some ETs. And in a uh, sort of like a council meeting, they work on and they come up with this protocol that can be used by anybody to connect and contact ETs. Um, So that's where the CE5 protocol comes from. And there's a really good, there's a really cool thing in the doc where, and this is, so I'm going to preface this by saying my wife is extremely skeptical about all of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So my wife is very skeptical, and uh, I've been slowly trying to get her into watching docs and things like that to try to expand her mind a little bit. And so we watched uh, CE5 together. Actually, we watched Series First together. And when I asked her if she wanted to watch CE5, she, she said, sure, which in my wife's mind, that means... Un, you know yes sort of so um so we watched it and uh, there's a scene where on camera there's a camera set up they're meditating and um there's they're all focusing on this image in their mind of it really reminds me of the symbol on brainiac the the three oh, it does with the lines interconnecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all focusing on that that symbol. And on camera, they catch a UFO or, or like a bright glow ball of light fly over a wheat field and do a crop circle in that same right. image. Yeah. They catch happened, that on like, video. Boom. Yeah, happened instantaneously yeah. almost. That was remarkable. And yeah, uh, I think he calls it like Greer's Triangle or something like that because they even have a meditation on the app specifically yeah. for that. Right. 
and it's I don't remember what there's the three uh, the three different circles what they represent. One is like our world. One is like the ET's existence, and then the, the other one is something like the in between or something. I I'm probably butchering what it stands for, right. but um, um, it's like any Trinity. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. I mean, and three. Yeah. I mean, you're already looking <laughs> at that's three, the formula of any Trinity. <laughs> three us, the other, and the bridge seems to be a powerful number. So. Yep. It takes three. <laughs> to make a thing go right? Is that what it is? <laughs> it takes I, no, I was about to, to jump into right? the woods, and then I was like, oh, wait, hold on. Ever Can after. Anyways, so, um, yeah, they catch that on video. So the the CE5 contact app is basically taking what Greer put together with those ETs, the, the protocol that was assembled, and he has these tones that are all, like, three tones, which... I immediately hit, you know, like the hell your people. And I was like, Hey guys, you know, think about the message you all received. The, it takes Mm -hmm. three. And then you got the bing, bing, bing. And then, you know, how that relates back to this stuff that Greer's doing. And, you know, maybe is this all related? So, um, Oh yeah. I'd love to get like, I'd love to get Greenfield and Stephen Greer in the room (laughs) together with, with, with with Tyler, with Tyler (laughs) Strand. Yeah. But yeah, I'd love to get the Hellier guys and Greer hooked up. I mean, God, that would be so cool. Um, but as we know, it's difficult to get Greer as we tried to yeah. get him on the show. Yeah. So Steve, he's trying to reach listening. the, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get the 1%. Not, I completely understand. Oh, for you know, sure. when you try to reach 1%, you know, you try to hit the, hit the big time shows like Joe Rogan and such, but yeah, um, coast to coast, but uh, he's already been on Rogan a while ago. Yeah, he has back been on Rogan and Larry King live back in the day. Yep, Larry King's still alive, so yes, still Larry King. <laughs> still Larry LK King live. before Larry King and ALK yeah. after Larry King. <laughs> but um, so anyway, so the 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 protocol that you go through, like you get started. Um, I'll just if anybody's interested in it, we you know so you do. Uh, you play these tones. They recommend that you, if you have a walkie-talkie, uh, that you play the tones through a walkie-talkie, so that the tones are broadcast on radio frequencies, mm. uh, which are more potentially susceptible or receptible, rather, uh, for ETs that may be mm. in the area. Interesting. Um, I did not do that. I just played them out. But uh, I, I think I'm going to get me a little. Um, actually, I, the girls have. My kids have. The little kid walkie-talkies, but they work just the same. They still broadcast on a radio frequency. Sure, yeah. So I might do that. Might do that next time. So you do that for five to ten minutes, and you just kind of sit there and you get quiet and you get comfortable. And then the next stop is a uh, meditation, and you do a meditation for it's about you know if you do the one that's in the app, it's a twenty-minute meditation, um, and it walks you through, you know, kind of the first step is getting settled into your body. The next step is now expanding your mind consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last step is now that you've expanded your mind consciousness, reach out to any ETs that are in the area and invite them uh, back to where you are. And that's when Santosh, like you were talking about, you use that kind of where you are in the galaxy, where you are within the galaxy in the solar system, where you are within the solar system on the planet, so on and so forth, down to where you are locally and then you start to describe like 
the people that are in your party, what your setup is, how many chairs, uh, what type of equipment you're going to be using that night so that they're not startled by it. So like when I did it the other night, I did the whole, you know, all the way down to where I was sitting. I, I let them know that there was a fire there, that uh, we were going to use a green laser pointer, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, but then there's a lot of accounts from people who talk about, so some people do get, uh, they are able to see, you know, mm -hmm. and, and even record with video and stuff. Uh, lights or, or craft in the sky right and i know a lot of times they use the night vision cameras and stuff too and then yeah. even then uh a number of people are able to see it yet others are not able to and we've discussed yeah. this a number of times here recently um how even then these entities uh, want to just show themselves to certain people sometimes sometimes yeah. they show it without the night vision so it's it's very very interesting because uh when i was in sedona arizona the other day i was looking um and they have these ufo tours because uh, obviously i live in arizona it's like ufo city um, which right. is funny. I was looking up too. my sister lives uh, in Ahwatukee, which is right on the bottom side of South Mountain here in Phoenix. And uh, when I was going back and I was listening to our Phoenix Lights episode that um, that uh, South Mountain was where most of the lights were seen. And so I told my sister and she was like, really? And so all of a sudden she's like, maybe there are aliens. <laughs> <laughs> has, has she ever tried to reach out to non-terrestrial intelligence? No, she doesn't believe in aliens. We just talked about it on one of the recent shows. Her, her, her ass would I not know. believe in Me aliens. Me and her had she... a long conversation that she does not believe in aliens. She believes in, good Lord, everything else under the sun. But the more and more she's been hanging with me, the more and more she's starting to be like, okay, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Talks to the ghost of the Loch Ness Monster, but can't I'm, come on an alien right? hunting trip with us. <laughs> so what I was going to continue on and, and say, though, is that some people do see physical things. Mm -hmm. Other people, though, make personal connections with what they call their friend, their ET friend. And then once they've had that personal connection with that ET friend, every time they do the protocol, they reestablish a connection with that person. And it's all, it's all mental, so to speak. It's, it's not, it doesn't, at least not for them, doesn't manifest itself within um, their physical frame of reference. Right. Um, but they also talk about a lot of things and apparently provide a lot of information that in some way, shape, or form, convinces this person that you know this is an this is an ET friend. So well, I mean, and that and that's a no, common just thing as well. I mean, you people that channel and things like that, they tend to find one person that they channel with consistently. For Bashar, for example, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm. Go ahead. I'm surprised you all haven't made the connection back to Keel and Indrid Cold having his mm -hmm. little like uh, telepathic relationship. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We can absolutely touch on that. And, and that is something that I have been thinking about. And it's like, you know, that was Woody's guy, though. I mean, he had a number of other uh, folks. Oh, yeah, you're right. Denver. As well. But um, but yeah, it, I, I equate a lot of this and I was trying to explain 
to our friend that's coming around to things, you know, because he was talking about light beings, um, and especially because, you know, they show the light being in Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind that's just remarkable. Yeah. It, um, he was asking about light beings, and I, I, I talked to him about it, and I was like, you know, a lot of people, I think, you know, look at this as when they're looking for their higher consciousness or the, the people that they channel and things like that are these light beings that, in my opinion, are what were considered some of the ancient gods or angels or any of that stuff. Yeah, well, and, and also the whole idea or concept that um, we are light beings stuck in a physical form. So they could just be light beings that are no longer restricted to the physical plane. Right. So, but yeah, very, very interesting. I, I just, you know, I just... <laughs> I 100% agree. I think that there is this connection and I think you can recontact the same entity like yep. over and over. Oh. I'm having a moment because you're talking about light beings and then it, and then stuck in this existence. Well, think about the 4D to 3D or 3D onto 2D casting of a shadow and that requires light. So I I wonder if if yeah, this that what this is that we we consider us is just the shadow of our light being reflected into three-dimensional space yeah and time boom my head is exploding that and that again that's that's what this doc did more than the other documentaries because this tied in a lot of the theories that i already yeah. had about religion and spirituality and then its interconnectedness with all of this stuff and these ether beings in their ether ships. Yeah. Well, and, and, and when you really think about, you know, so we talked about in the beginning how um, I was just taken aback at how I did not know about this stuff until now. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I wasn't supposed to know about it until now. I needed to lay the foundation of my understanding of things so that I would best gain what this doc had to offer or well, his other and docs even had then offer. interesting that uh you were not called the uninitiated your brother was to show you where you yeah were at. right so very very cool yeah uh i will say anybody uh, again uh if if this discussion has not been one giant plug to go watch the doc um <laughs> The end of CE5, towards the end, like the last, you know, well, probably 20 or 30 minutes, they give some pretty shocking evidence that they've caught on camera mm -hmm. of not only craft, but of beans, not Navy beans or kidney beans, <laughs> but of, <laughs> but of beings <laughs> that they've cut on camera, mm -hmm. um, and then I also will say, I don't know if either one of you, when you watched it, but if you stick around past the credits, uh, sprinkled throughout the credits are other little snippets of interview yeah. and some some amazing, um, uh, I don't know, evidence as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to give too much away because I've got to be honest, when I saw the evidence presented, Again, I was watching it with my wife, and I paused the TV, and I was like, can you honestly tell me that after seeing that, you still don't believe that there's anything other than humans? And after that, she is now willing to go out and do CE5 with me in the backyard. So mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, yeah. it, really, it really is a game changer. Good. 
Um, I did want to also say, so once again, this is Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Uh, I believe it's The Contact Has Begun is the full title. Um, you can find that on Amazon Prime. I think it is also on FilmRise. I'm not 100%. Um, but Stephen Greer also has a number of books. If we could link some of those to our website, Josh, that would be super great. Yep. Um, he's got a number of books. Uh, the Hidden Truth, Forbidden Knowledge. Of course, Unacknowledged, which is the companion book to the documentary Unacknowledged. Uh, he's got Extraterrestrial Contact. There's some older books in here. Um, but his books are amazing. Uh, he's amazing and emotional. Yep. Uh, there's a point where he got me crying because um, he does talk about uh, slightly that the danger is not the ETs, but our government. Right. Um, you know, the people that we've lost over time, was that due to government? I mean, uh, we, did, we didn't even talk about or touch on the fact that right before his... Uh, his disclosure uh, summit that he put together, he, his best friend, and his wife were all diagnosed with a really, really rare form of cancer. Yeah, I thought there was even more. I thought it was like four or five people. No, it was it was mainly those three that he talks about in the doc. It yeah, might have been more, but he was the only one that survived. Survived, yeah. Like he was the only one that survived right before disclosure happened. Yep. And I mean, he's crying his eyes out and, um, you know, there are people that, that have met with him and talked with him that have been in, you know, Dennis Mitchell and these guys and, uh, these people that have been in the government for a long time that have said that, Hey, they've lost their friends to mysterious causes and things like that since they've been and in suicide and suicide, yeah. and suicide. Is a big one. Um, suicide seems to be the classic case, of course. Um, you know, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, if I didn't have this show and you two guys to help me with this, I probably would have lost my marbles a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why there's a lot of the strictures that you see in, well, that I see in yoga, you know, to get over your bullshit before you get into the heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that disclosure project that happened, that happened in uh, May of 2001. It was the National Press Club disclosure event. So if you wanted to Google that to look up some more information on yeah. that. And there were and like over 20, 20 people. Mil- yeah, 20 yeah. military government intelligence and corporate witnesses that presented compelling testimony. Um, it, it's, it's, I've watched the whole thing. It's pretty remarkable. Um, but yeah, get out there. Watch Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Watch Disclosure. Um, watch Unacknowledged. Uh, watch Sirius. Watch all these docs. But Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind is the one that really moved yeah. me. Um, any final thoughts from you guys before we uh, wrap up? No, I, I think I'm just looking forward to really putting into practice the CE5 protocols and see what my results are. Uh, same. Same for me. I really enjoy yeah. Uh, especially because I'm lucky enough to be out in the desert where yeah. it takes no time for me to get somewhere. Well, I uh, laugh that I'm such an inside body and I'm doing this and I'm like, how are they? They're going to have to knock on my damn window because they I already don't even go do. outside anymore. They already do. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah. I'm going to fly in and not tell you and then just knock on your window. <laughs> <laughs> I'll memo I'll shoot you. Um, but <laughs> well, you know, I was I was thinking about it. I mean, do we do we need to be together to do a CE five protocol experience? That I do be... think that the three of us together will produce something pretty remarkable. So, it is but I wonder if like about. each of us in our well, even us just being at the point. 
yeah, had had some Marvel. show up, so which yeah. would be a successful C five. Right, right. That's what I when I was reaching out. There's a group on Facebook. I invited you both to it. Uh, that seems to be like sixty five percent bullshit, but everything else is you know the other thirty five. Like most pretty groups, good. yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the things that when I introduced myself and asked some questions, um, you know, we've already been doing like half of the ce5 protocol unknowingly right mm-hmm. uh, we've already been kind of going out and uh, although we didn't i think specifically meditate on site we went out there with the projected consciousness of making contact Absolutely. so uh, we've already been doing half of this thing the only thing that we were missing if we were missing it was the playing of the tones and so um, which we i think well, discovered we our own tone code yeah, yeah i mean in a way we did it separately though in the domes which by the way you can check out dome chants by the spooky crew with special guest santosh <laughs> on spotify mm-hmm. and amazon music which was amazing uh, but, <laughs> but thank you santosh for uh joining us man this has been phenomenal thanks for having me um I, I i'm lo- excited about this new leg of our journey oh me too it, it just it just seemed perfect in addition to everything we talk about all the time um i'm very much looking forward to uh where this all takes us over the next year i feel like 2021 is going to be a big year not just for us but possibly for disclosure um with the new task force Mm -hmm. that's out there with um you know uh, space force getting ramped up uh, you know like i think that's going to be a big part of it i think that there's just a lot of stuff that's happening and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens so um, but I did want to get to our listener story before we wrap up here real quick. Um, I wanted to, uh, been sitting on this one for a while. Uh, this, uh, comes from a blanket hugger in, uh, Kentucky. Um, this comes from a woman named Lauren Jean Marie Ramey, and she's from Kentucky and, uh, I'm going to head and, uh, going to portray this. And, uh, so let's take a listen to this and then we can talk about this great listener story and how you can send yours in. Hi, I'm Lauren Jean Marie Ramey from Kentucky. I decided to share this story with you all because I've rarely had a chance to share it. I used to work for a popular hotel chain right after I graduated high school. The building had been there for several years and had been multiple other businesses before it was converted to my old place of work. When I first started, I was warned out of the gate that multiple people had died there either from overdose or a gunshot because it was a former drug dealing hotspot. Also, I was told that it was haunted. Didn't believe them at first until I saw him. Everybody who worked there called him Doug and he'd wander the front halls and up the lobby stairs. The first night that I worked by myself alone I remember hearing footsteps coming down the hall from the back breakfast area. I called out thinking that it was a customer and got nothing. So I got up, I walked down the hall and entered the breakfast room. The lights were off and nobody was in there. So not long after returning to my desk, I began to hear more walking. And then I saw him. I saw a man walk back down the hall and up the lobby stairs out of the corner of my eye. If it was an actual somebody, I would have heard him open the door to the outside, upstairs entrance, or even to the conference room, but there was nothing, absolutely nothing 
Those doors there are heavy and squeal so badly that they hurt your ears. And I didn't hear those. Even when I went up there to check, there was no one around. I have to be honest with you, this scared the crap out of me. And quite frankly, I refuse to work evenings or nights ever again. Ooh, that gives me a little wow. goosebump action. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Warren. Especially because <laughs> I, just, I just watched a video today on YouTube. This guy set up a camera when he was going on vacation with his mother. And um, they came back and his cats tried to leave his house. So they reviewed the footage. And you can see a shadow of something walking down the hallway. Like the shadow cast walks in front of the light that was in the hallway. It closes the door. And then it bumps into the table, and then the bed sheets move. Like it was coming to bed. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> creepy, man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, we've been so caught up in in UFO alien stuff. I forget how creepy uh, these ghost stories, these paranormal experiences, yeah. can be. Even though we've been having ghost experiences as well, it's nice to hear one that gives us chills yeah. again. I mean that that is a I mean, the the. the Lister Straight tonight is a great story. So uh, thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, I wanted to say we want your listener story, whether it's a ghost experience, uh, whether it's a UFO, cryptid, aliens, or just something unexplained, or even some sort of local lore or something passed down in your family. We want those stories. And yeah. the easiest way to give us those stories are just send us to us via email at fearscapepodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to fearscapepodcast.com and click submit a sighting and fill out the form there. Um, but you can also like PM us on our Facebook page yep. or just in a comment, tell us, I mean, there's a hundred ways, but we want those stories. We want to share them and we want to read them on air. Uh, because we want to show people how common this is. I mean, you've seen, we've had a listener story for over a hundred episodes, every single episode, because they are out there um, and we have a backlog and we want more. So share with us your spooky stories or just strange or, or just weird, you know, whatever it yep. may be. It doesn't matter if it's just a couple of sentences. I'll read two or three if need be. Yep. Um, but yeah, go ahead and send those to us. And then of course, while you're out there, check out fearscapepodcast.com for all the episodes um, and check out Fearscape Media. That's where the Fearscape Media Network is home to. So you can check out all the other podcasts and all that jazz. You can go to our store because we've got some holiday stuff happening. We've got uh, our brand new store on uh, is out. Uh, we have switched over from what we were using to a brand new store. So not only can you get t-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that, like you used to in the past, but you can also get now like blankets. And so you can be a legit blanket yep. hugger now. A legit blanket hugger. <laughs> and get yep. a blanket hugger blanket um, or just a Fearscape Paranormal mm -hmm. Podcast blanket or some of the original designs that we have out there or some of the other podcast t-shirts and stuff like that. But yeah, that's fearscapemedia.com slash store. Uh, make sure to check that out uh, for the holidays because they make really great gifts and some of the mugs and stuff like that make good stocking stuffers. So Josh, guess what you're getting? A Fearscape <laughs> mug. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I wanted to, uh, before we wrap up, Santosh, I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to give you the mic because you've got some really cool news that you wanted to share and uh, tell everybody about the new venture that you're out there. So, and that where people can find your new venture. Oh, uh, I mean, I guess sure. sure. Um, I am now 
officially an author. Uh, my writer's group, Writer's Thingamajig, which you can be a part of, um, did a side quest and we put together an anthology of guided meditation scripts. And this is the first one. And hopefully there will be a couple of more coming soon. Hope, hope, hope. You can get that on um, Amazon, actually, uh, from meditation to creation nine guided meditation scripts for creative writing meditation uh, to creation i really like that title yeah yeah thank you we we went once we hit on that one we were like oh i i, I gotta oh, say that's the, and then all we do is add the colon and each new ones we can add <laughs> nice <laughs> Go ahead. i gotta say i'm excited because i did a writer's thingamajig with you guys one night and it man it changed my writing it changed everything the group that i worked with that night was so phenomenal so I'm so excited to read this myself. I'm going to be picking up a copy and I'm just excited, Santosh. I'm so proud of you. Um, we can't wait. And if you guys want this, go to Amazon. We'll also have a link on our website. Um, SantoshDavid.com. I was about to say, yeah, your website should have a link or something to, to that effect. But check <laughs> to, out all to the this. group and other projects that I'm yeah, doing as highly well. Highly recommend checking out Writer's Thingamajig as well because it <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but yeah, thank you, Santosh, for coming on. And of course, we'll have you on again, like we always do. <laughs> so, because you're our favorite guest. Um, but let's go ahead and get out of here. Um, just wanted to say a big thank you to uh, everyone that listens, all our blanket huggers out there. And uh, yep. yeah, we'll see you guys next week. This has been Stefan, and I will catch you on the flip side. This has been Josh. The truth is out there. This has been Santosh. Sync up your astral cycles, bitches. We're going on a ride. Oh, he's got a <laughs> no, tagline. I still don't, I still don't have a tagline. Uh, that's a good one, though. I still don't have a tagline. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Night. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. I hope they didn't frighten you too much. <laughs> Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. Next time on Fearscape. <laughs>